New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. New on CuriosityStream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns. Reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and wherever you're watching or listening. This is the Osmo NHL Live Before Lock Hockey Show, and I am your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy, joining me today to celebrate both uh, President's Day in America and Family Day up here in Canada, our single-entry assassin, Mr. Joshua Harris. Josh, how you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty well, despite, you know, everyone else in my house staring at me because every time they're home, Austin Matthews is in a really good spot. And I have to talk about it. And she thinks I love Austin Matthews. So the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Who can turn down the way that guy can just absolutely ring the puck uh, bar down and in? Uh, just one. <laughs> I uh, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Yahoo Fantasy. Yahoo has been our sponsor this entire season. Uh, they've been very good to us. A lot of our subscribers have jumped over and started playing on Yahoo. Uh, I've seen some people uh, with some takedowns. So if you're a first-time uh, DFS user over on Yahoo or you just want to maybe uh, get your feet wet uh, without playing uh, a lot of the Sharks that you'll find on DraftKings or FanDuel, we do have uh, some special giveaways through Yahoo. We'll talk a little bit later in the show. Uh, I see over well over 100 people in chat. If you guys could, uh, please throw us that thumbs up. Those likes uh, really help us get to the top uh, of the algorithm. The subscriptions especially uh, are, are a big help to us. So if you could click that subscribe button, if you haven't already, uh, it keeps this channel growing and it will keep these shows coming on a regular basis. And of course, click the bell to get alerts whenever we do go live. All right, Josh, uh, we had a couple slates over the weekend that we should talk about. Uh, let's just briefly review that Saturday slate. I actually didn't end up doing too, too poorly. Uh, I had enough uh, Anaheim and Los Angeles secondaries to make up from a la for a lackluster Calgary one night. They did score a couple goals, but it wasn't a massive night from them. So I actually got back three quarters of my entries, and I'll take that all day long. But yeah, Anaheim walked into Vancouver and just absolutely wallpapered them seven to four. And St. Louis went into Toronto and just laid the beat down six to three. Is there anything that stood out to you from those games? You know, we, you and I had talked a lot about how some St. Louis combinations don't look too good. And, and some, you know, sometimes it, it seems like they're their own worst enemy. Uh, what did you think of those games on Saturday night? How'd you do on Saturday night? I did all right. I think I cashed Saturday. I would have cashed yesterday if Igor, you know, 
connected on that empty net goal. That would have been sweet. But uh, Saturday, yeah, I was excited about playing Milano, Zegras, Raquel, and then they switched up the lines, and I was on nat, uh, natural stat trick looking at the samples of these new lines that they had, and there just wasn't a big sample on anything. So I was like, I'm not going to full stack anything. I went off Silverberg because he was under 3K, and I needed to fit them in with – I went Calgary 1, Toronto 2. And he's a cheap one-off, so in Silverberg, and he did fine. But, like, for seven goals, he didn't do enough. But, like, I don't know. In that St. Louis-Toronto game, both second lines, like, we talked about, like, Kairou being there instead of Tarasenko. Like, it definitely helps offensively, but it definitely doesn't help defensively. And it showed because both second lines did pretty heavy work in that game. Yeah, exactly. And one of those second lines we'll be talking about a little bit later in this show. But uh, yeah, a really good game there from St. Louis. Yesterday was, yeah, I, yesterday I'll, I was really hoping Igor would have scored that goal. That would have been pretty cool. Um, it was a pretty big slate yesterday, uh, all day Sunday slate. Uh, we had a lot of teams get absolutely pounded. Minnesota put up seven on the Oilers. Uh, Columbus put up seven on the Sabres. Uh, I didn't, I really didn't do that well yesterday. I went in all in on Florida. And even though Barkov and Ekblad did well, uh, most of the wingers did not. So not a good day for me. Uh, there was uh, some good days in the, in our chat though, that I did see uh, Hoffrau got to give a shout out to Hoffrau took down the 40 K uh, MME over on uh, FanDuel for a 10 grand first prize. Uh, saw a uh, wolf girl. Uh, she seems to be crushing it. Uh, pretty much every time she's in chat, uh, she went over eight X last night, won a bunch of tickets. And Henry said uh, he took down second in the quarter arcade. So pretty good day. Uh, those are always tough slates. Those all day uh, weekend slates. Cause you know, it is a Sunday, but you still have things to do. You still have, you know, maybe you have errands to run. You've got stuff to do around the house, you know, obviously cooking meals and stuff like that. Like you can't check your phone at or check your laptop at 1 p.m. and then 3 p.m. and then 4 p.m. and then 5.30 p.m. Like, it, it, I mean, you should, but it's tough to do that. And I guess we got another one of those today, don't we? Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough for us to sit on here and, like, make lineups with this 1 o'clock game while we're on the air. But, like, you saw yesterday um, there was a 1 o'clock game and then it, it was, like, spread out every two hours, kind of like this one. Pit 1 was, like, 3% owned. There's going to be some heavier on it. looks like there's going to be some heavier ownership on this early game today. But uh, I, I think it's not going to be as high as we expect, because I think a lot of people are just like, I don't want to be dead at 130. You know what I mean? They want to like have a sweat throughout the day. So I think, you know, people tend to fade the first game and hope it doesn't do anything and have some later plays so they can, you know, be involved later and, you know, don't have to spend family time with people who think they love Austin Matthews. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who would ever think that? I can't imagine anyone <laughs> would ever think that. Um, one thing I just want to ask you before we jump into these games, and obviously a, a slate like this, it, it plays to late swapping. Um, you and I have talked about it a lot on earlier shows this season. Um, late swapping, um, I'm sure people in basketball th that are here for basketball will obviously be very familiar with late swapping. Uh, I will say for hockey, the one time I do it, Let's let's say, for example, this first game coming up is Colorado and Boston. Let's say I use Boston one with Jeremy Swayman, the goalie in net. And let's say Boston one goes absolutely bananas. But, you know, Swayman gets lit up, doesn't have a good day. Um, I might switch my stat, my stack that's coming later in the day if it's a chalky one, because I'm assuming somebody has Boston one plus a much better goaltender than than I had in Swayman. So that's kind of where 
uh, I would late swap here is, you know, if you're playing somebody in the Colorado or Boston game and they do look like they're going to be optimal early on, but your goalie doesn't do well, that's kind of where I would jump into late swaps and try to swap around because I'd have to assume somebody has the same stack I do plus a better goaltender. Um, how do, how would you handle late swaps on a slate like this? Well, we'll just start with like, if you start out super hot and you have tons of points going into your late stack, don't do anything. You already have all the points. You gotta, you know, you let the people behind you make those swaps and make the mistakes. You know what I mean? Yes. So you got to that lineup organically. So you leave it in there. You let other people make that decision, what they need to do to catch you. <clears throat> that being said, I agree with you. If, if you have a stack that goes off and the goalie just doesn't do great, you're right. Someone's going to have that combination where, you know, they have that stack with a possible better goalie. So I think, you know, you have to consider it. Depends what your secondary stack is. If you're, if you're not, you know, if you're making a four, three, one correlated, then yeah, you know, you probably should think about it. But another, another scenario where I would swap is if I have a stack that, does okay um and i'm out of the money going into my late stack and i know it's a chalky one i'll probably just just auto swap to a equally high ceiling spot with way less ownership just on the chance that they go off and i can leapfrog those chalky people and you know min cash but like you know if you're way in the money just buckle up and let it ride your way out of the money, that's when you make these swaps and just hope you cash. And then if you're in the cash with some issues, you know, you, you know, the goalie wasn't great. You got to make a decision. Do you let it ride? And, you know, would you rather get like a top 5% finish and just take the money? Or do you want to swap into a lower owned and hope it goes off and you can leapfrog into the top 1%? Yeah, exactly. There, there are decisions to make. This is a good slate for it. We'll be in Discord most of the day, uh, you and I and, and a bunch of other people. So people do have some late swap questions. Uh, Osmo subscribers, don't be afraid to drop a question in our Discord. I uh, want to mention, uh, we have free premium tools uh, up on the site today. Our NHL ownership projections are live up on the site for today. So if you want to check out the ownership that Josh and I uh, have been talking about so far, and we'll talk about on the rest of the show, Head on over to Osmo.com because those projections are free for everyone today. All right, let's jump into these games, Josh. First one, that's the one that you just talked about, and it's a pretty important game with a six total. Colorado, 3.4 implied goal total. Going into Boston, the Bruins have a 2.6 implied goal total. This is Brad Marchand's final game of his suspension, so he won't be back. It'll still be Taylor Hall on the top line. Um Honestly, just take this wherever you want to go because I think there is a lot of interest here in a pretty high power game. Yeah, so we got two really, really good top lines here. I guess you can, like, people throw around the word elite too much, but <laughs> I think you can throw it around for this. Like, yeah, Taylor Hall couldn't, has issues finishing, but like, from a number standpoint, their numbers are elite offensively and defensively from a generation standpoint. They're going to be getting one of the best lines, if not the best line in the NHL in Colorado one. You see the, their price has come down under 21K. And you mentioned to me before the show, we've seen them up around 25K at points. So, you know, they're coming in around 22% ownership. I think that might be a bit high, but I, I, I think back 
I, anytime I'm thinking about fading Colorado one in a tough spot, I always think about your tweet, like <laughs> about how Matthews or how Matthews, see Matthews on the brain. Look at you. There you go. Me. Look, look, look what <laughs> you did to me. Anyway, uh, Colorado McKinnon, you know, new on curiosity stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. McKinnon's in a bad spot as I'm begging for change on the corner. You know what I mean? So like, <clears throat> you know, Colorado one is 20% cheaper than they, they have been. They're going to get, you know, that Boston one matchup and they have very good numbers. Like their defensive numbers are really, really good, but Colorado one is matchup proof. They're, you know, they're 20,800 on DraftKings. Toronto one is 22, seven. Calgary one's 22-4. Boston one's 20,400. You know, Colorado one's like 19. So, like, they're the third most expensive when they're normally the, the, the most expensive by far. So, I think, you know, that does definitely put Colorado one into play here. They're still without Marshan. And, yeah, Bergeron being back definitely helps their penalty kill. But Marshan is probably their best penalty killer along with, with Bergeron. So, you know, their their penalty kills not completely up to snuff here so i think there's definitely some merit to colorado one i just hoping they come in a little bit lower owned if, if you're thinking about playing them you hope to see them around 15 percent, 22 percent still on a five game slate for a forward correlated excellent line is fine i'm just hoping to see them a little bit lower owned. on the flip side i think you know with boston coming in around eight percent like their numbers are still excellent and you know i'd rather you know I know the total's lower, this and that. I think I'd rather go to Boston one here just from an ownership perspective because this line is still elite. Darcy Kemper has had some issues this season. Um, I don't know. Like, I think both top lines are definitely viable today. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, it does worry me that's a 1 p.m. game. So, like, I think you may get lower ownership just because people don't want to be dead before the end of this game. But on the flip side, if they go off and you don't have them, you may be dead before the next game. So, you know, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword here. So I, I think both top lines are in play. I do also like Colorado too. Like Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, not a great line going into them. Like, yeah, you know, um Colorado two hasn't been great, but they're not super expensive. Burakovsky and the Shushkin, seventy four hundred for the two of them at DK. Kadri, we've seen Kadri's price come down. He was in the low eights for a while there. He's sixty seven hundred on the top power play. So I think Colorado two is an interesting play as well. So, you know, top six for Colorado. And I do like the Boston top line. Not sure there's much that I like in the Boston depth. I want to talk about that Boston top line first, because they are going into Colorado top line 
but you and I have talked about um, sometimes you kind of start paying attention to how not necessarily just how lines have played all season, but how they've been playing of late. Colorado's top line, 52% shot share, 56% expected goal share over their last 100 minutes. Like that's, you know, that's good. Don't get me wrong. But they were over 60% in both categories um, up until that point this season. It seems like their play has started to slide a little bit over the last month or so. They're still an elite line. They can go out and put up five goals on any given team. But I think there might be some merit to using Boston here if because Colorado's offensive numbers have really, you know, at least their expected goals and, and shot attempts for have declined a fair bit over the last you know month. Um, that's why I, I don't mind Boston one here, you know, on Saturday, I absolutely went in on Taylor Hall, uh, and his shot, uh, his shooting ability. Um, but that doesn't mean Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak can't score. Um, and like you said, we're getting them at pretty good ownership. Um, you know, nearly 20% top two stack by our top two, by our top stacks tool and 8% ownership. Uh, I think that Boston top line is definitely more than uh, definitely more than fine. Uh, definitely in play for me here in this game. The one thing that concerns me is um, Colorado's penalty kill. Like it's not great, but it's fine. And they don't take a ton of penalties. So, you know, I don't know if you have to full stack. You definitely don't have to play Charlie McAvoy. And we'll talk about him in a minute, though. I still think he's a fine play, but I, I really do like Boston one Colorado one. Obviously is just fine here in this game. Anybody wants to use him. Go right ahead. I just think, uh, you know, a West Coast team playing on the road, 1 p.m. start, going into Patrice Bergeron, like those are just some – in a single entry, three max type situation, those are the types of situations I tend to avoid. So I would rather play Boston 1, all, all other things equal, over Colorado 1. I agree with you on Colorado 2. The problem had generally been with Colorado 2 that they weren't generating quality shots. They were generating a lot of shots but not a lot of quality that started to turn around a little bit. Uh, their last 75 minutes, about three expected goals per 60. Not super elite, but very, very good. So um, I agree with you going into that Boston second line. I think there's some matchups they can take advantage of. So I do like Colorado too in this game. I do like Boston one as well in this game. The third lines to me are, in <coughs> pardon me, are interesting. Because Comfer and Jost typically haven't played well together this year. Uh, DeBrusque and Lazar, uh, it seems like Lazar always, like, he's like a little pest and he works really hard. And him and DeBrusque seem to have had good chemistry at times. And I wonder, you know, if that's not a bad matchup going into Colorado three. But um, I think in that situation, you're only using Boston three if you're using a super expensive Colorado one stack or a Toronto power play stack or something like that. That'd be the only situation I would consider them. So Boston one, Colorado two for me on the blue line. Um, you know, it seems like the Colorado defense prices have come down. So, you know, Gerard, I think, uh, is certainly more than fine, uh, on the Colorado side. If you want to get a super cheap defenseman in, there's just not a lot that I really want to take from the blue line in, in this game. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if, if you are playing Colorado one, I think McCarr makes some sense just because his prices come down. If you can't get there, Devin Taze is going to play big minutes. Um, on the Boston side, there's just not much, you know, outside of maybe punting for some blocks with Carlo. All right, let's move this a little. <laughs> um, Carolina, 3.5 implied goal total going into Philly. The Flyers have a 2.6 implied goal total. 
Uh, looks like Carolina, uh, for now at least, uh, sticking with that top line, Sveshnikov, Aho, Teravainen. Um, you know, I guess we'll see when warm-ups hit at 3 o'clock Eastern. Or, at, uh, sorry, 2.30 Eastern. Um, on the flyer side, Limblom, Giroux, Atkinson still expected uh, on the top line. Carter Hart has already been confirmed in net. We assume Frederick Anderson for Carolina, though you know what they say about assuming. Uh, all right, Josh, what do you like in this game? I like uh, Carolina one here. They're fully correlated. They are going to get some ownership. They're a little bit under 20K, though, which is, you know, viable for sure. Um, Flyers obviously have some issues on their team. Um, that top line is missing Couturier, and that's a big loss for them. <clears throat> you know, that Ajo matchup getting Giroux, definitely uh, very favorable for Carolina one here. So I'm definitely in on Carolina one. Uh, I'm in on both top lines, I think. I don't know if I'm going to get to the Flyers top line in one to three, but in MME, I'd definitely be um, interested in Flyers one. Like Ajo, Svechnikov, and Teravine, very good offensively, but they they do give up chances defensively. So Flyers top line in play for me. Also, yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes have a very good penalty kill, but they spend a lot of time shorthanded. So getting that penalty, you know, getting that power play correlation with Drew and Atkinson is a plus here. Uh, so I think both top lines are viable here. I kind of like the Flyers second line as a filler. I know like, Trocek should be in, but he may, like, he got banged up over the weekend. So it could be, you know, Cockney on that second line. We'll have to wait and see. But that second line, as it is, like Van Riemsdyk, Lawton, Konechny, they've been actually pretty good. So I don't mind them as a filler. Van Riemsdyk and Konechny are on the top power play there. So you get some power play time. So um, if it is Cockney there, like Lorenz, Cockney Natchez, I, I just, you know, that's a matchup where that would favor Philly too. Yeah. I, the Carolina top line, you talk about them giving up chances and I, you know, I just kind of want to put a point on that. Um, Svechnikov and Aho, when they're skating together, 3.5 expected goals against per 60 minutes. It's just that they're generating nearly four expected goals per 60 minutes offensively. Like, they're really, really good offensively. It's just they are giving up, giving it up. If you look at the entire top line uh, with Teravine and in there, uh, 32 scoring chances against per 60 minutes and 44. So uh, 40 scoring chances for. Um, so obviously they're generating a lot, but they are also giving a lot in return. So I do um, do like that call on Philly one. Um, they're, you know, they're coming in over leverage, but I think that's kind of fine for, what they are right like that's a top line coming in under 15k Atkinson and Giroux are probably going to play 20 minutes thereabouts um you know 20 minutes against a high-paced offensive line um I you know I think they're definitely uh, worst over leveraged spots to go after uh so yeah I don't mind Philly one I will say I think I'm going single entry today I'm not considering a lot in that mid-range for my single entry but uh yeah if you're 20 maxing 150 you absolutely have to consider them going into Carolina one Carolina. Here's the thing with what Carolina is doing with their ice time is now that they've stacked that quote unquote, stacked that top line, their second and third lines are basically playing similar minutes. That worries me because, you know, Trocek and Natchez uh, coming in with reasonable ownership, I mean, reasonable coming in 4% coming in over owned. And then I see the third line coming in, uh, under at under one percent top two stack and five percent ownership and i'm wondering 
like what's going on there maybe it's people are catching up on that ice time but I want to mention that that you know Trocheck and, and Stahl might not be playing uh significantly different minutes assuming that Trocheck plays here today so I think it's for me it's definitely just Carolina one like I I don't think that's a spot where I'd want to dig into the depth considering how owned they are right like the second and third lines we have at two percent ownership at two percent top two stack combined and over eight percent ownership like that just feels a little bit too much I'd rather just play Philly one um and just play the more expensive line uh that's way more likely uh to be optimal here today so that's kind of where I am in this game is both Philly one and Carolina one you mentioned the elite Carolina uh penalty kill Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I, I don't like attacking this penalty kill in particular because one, yeah, they do. They are very good, but two, they counter attack a lot. And, you know, that certainly uh, makes somebody like Carter Hart a little bit uh, more difficult to use if he's always, you know, facing two on ones while he's shorthanded or whatever. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure that I would, I'd be necessarily playing Philly for, for the power play, but I do like that Carolina one matchup here today so uh yeah carolina one philly one i if you want to jump down to to carolina three i think that can be fine because they are playing so many minutes but i don't know that i would three-man stack them i really don't i think it would be something like stalled need a rider plus slavin or stalled need a rider plus pesci or something like that i don't know that i would be three-man stacking on the blue line uh Carolina has been basically running four defensemen. So, you know, I think any of their top four uh, is necessarily fine, um, depending, you know, whether you want to stack with the power player or whatever. On the Flyers side, Rasmus Ristolainen is obviously back in the lineup. Not sure I necessarily want to play him, uh, but he's somewhat cheap at 3,500. Uh, I honestly don't think there's a defense when I'm playing out of this game unless I'm correlating with a power play stack. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you want to <clears throat> get that, mid-range guys brady shea brett pesci are fine justin braun 2800 okay sanheim 3300 okay rastaline 3500 okay it's just like doesn't feel great putting them into my lineup i probably would look to someone like i don't know like chris tanev at 2900 even yeah, yeah i agree with that 
Uh, Hockey Freak Sean asking in chat, love the jersey. Are you a Canucks fan? Uh, no, not a Canucks fan, but I am a Bo Horvat fan. There are certain players that I do like watching. Uh, big fan of Bo Horvat. I've been for a long time. I think he's been – he was a guy that was just kind of saddled with absolute – like nearly nobody's on the top line. It was Elias Pettersson that was getting all the elite line mates for two or three years, and he carried a line by himself. And I just got to – you know what? You just got to respect that. Uh, get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our top stacks, our lineup builder, and a whole lot more. Of course, if you're only looking to play NHL DFS, then you can sign up for one of our Osmo Plus NHL packages for as low as $3.95 a week. Please note that Fantasy Cruncher is an add-on and can be easily added on with these packages at checkout, but it is not included in the base package. It is very valuable. It, it can be a very valuable addition to your DFS arsenals for those looking to enter multi or to multi-enter contests. Sorry. Stop guessing. Start winning <clears throat> Osmo Plus today. All right. Let's get to our next game here, Josh. We got Winnipeg with a 2.4 implied goal total. They're going into Calgary. The Calgary Flames have a 3.6 implied goal total. Uh, you and I talk about Calgary a lot. One of our favorite teams uh, to stack all over the place. Um, Want to mention Winnipeg uh, has a new second line. Cole Perfetti was hurt. They've tried, you know, Christian Veselainen and uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov and different guys there at times. But Adam Brooks' uh, waiver pickup was on the second line in practice yesterday. So, it at least looks like he's going to start there. Whether he finishes the game there is an entirely different matter. Um, neither of the goalies are confirmed yet, but I suspect it'll be Hellebuck against Jacob Markstrom because this is um, this is at least Hellebuck. It's it's an important game for Winnipeg. I guess they're all important. Um, what do you like in this one, Josh? So we got our <clears throat> Winnipeg one flow sheet out. Is Winnipeg one in a bad matchup? Yes. Should we play them? Yes. Whenever they're in a bad matchup, they always go off. When they're in a good matchup, they suck. <clears throat> I'm just kidding, though. But, like, Winnipeg 1's probably going to get a whole bunch of the Mangiapane back on Coleman line, which is just a brutal matchup. Uh, <clears throat> man, my voice is just, like, going crazy this weekend. Yeah, mine's too. Mine's a lot drier today than it normally is on the shows. So I, I feel know. fine, but, like, my voice is just going. But, anyway, um, Winnipeg is not a great team, 5-on-5 five five as it is. And they're going to get one of the best five-on-five five lines in the matchup. I, I'm kind of out on Winnipeg here. Um, I know that second line, like, on paper is good. Like, yeah, Adam Brooks isn't there. But, like, if you look at that second line's numbers with and without Cole Perfetti, and I know Cole Perfetti hasn't been great for DFS, but he just, like, he just, from a hockey perspective, he makes that second line so much better. And, yeah, they may get – <clears throat> they're going to see, you know, Monaghan, Lucic, Toffoli a little bit, but they're also going to see a fair bit of that Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk matchup. So I'm pretty much out on Winnipeg. In MME, in, you know, 150s, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to cancel. You don't want to X out lines on a on a five-game slate. So, yeah, you get some in MME there. But for me, this is a Calgary game, and it's just a matter of how you want to build, really. You know, if you want to use Calgary as a primary stack, you use Calgary 1. If you want to use Calgary as a filler stack, you use Calgary 2. Calgary 1, you know, they're going to get that third-line matchup of Lowry, Reichel, and Veselainen. 
or you know that they, they don't hard match really they'll go out against the middle six they're going to avoid chai fan wheeler uh so you know those middle six matchups are very good for calgary one they've been excellent this season they're one of the best leverage spots on the slate uh, if you want to use that second line, perfectly fine. They're going to get Shaifu and Wheeler, who have been awful five on five. And, you know, that Calgary second line has just been running over teams five on five. The reason they're not super expensive is because they don't get power play time and they play 16, you know, 15, 16 minutes. But can they do that damage in 15, 16 minutes? Absolutely. So I'm in on, on Calgary here. You want to even go to that third line. You want to do Monaghan to Foley. I think that's fine. Um, but for me, I'm Calgary top six. Yeah, I just want to put, uh, again, just a little uh, stats point on what you meant by uh, Dubois and Kyle Connor not being the same without Cole Perfitti. As I mentioned, they have used different players on that line this year. They've used Christian Veselina and they've used uh, Christian Reichel. They've used, I mean, today's going to be Adam Brooks. Um, they have used a lot of different players on that line. If you look at their numbers with and without Cole Perfitti, it's actually, it's the defensive numbers that take the biggest hit like their expected goals against actually goes up by about 25%. And that is huge. And we're not talking a small sample here. We're talking 350 minutes of ice time. That's a third of a season for, you know, for a second line. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Winnipeg two can still do well offensively, but this is a bad offensive matchup for them and they're not going to be uh, very good defensively. So uh, yeah, I'm with you on Calgary too. I think this is a great matchup for them. Um, you know, they are coming in over leveraged, but at the same time, like if you look at uh, the uh, under leveraged lines, you know, like uh, Colorado, or Boston or whatever, whatever uh, you can fit them in with those lines um, and the ownership can kind of work itself out. Like I wouldn't be too concerned about a, a 6% top two stack Calgary line coming in at 10% or something like that. That's not something that would overly concern me. But we do have to talk about Calgary one, like their last hundred minutes, 3.7 expected goals for 5.2 actual goals for controlling 63% of the shots. Like they're just absolutely mugging the opponent. It's not even close. And you mentioned Winnipeg one, they're bad numbers, 45% uh, of the shot share, 49% of the expected goal share. That's not nearly good enough. You know, if they get this matchup, you know, uh, when Calgary one tends to play some more depth, but um, it's not like the cold graffiti line or the third line is going to be any better than the top line defensively. Like they're, they're or not the cold graffiti line, sorry, the Pierre-Luc Dubois line or the third line are going to be any better defensively. So yes, I completely agree that uh, both Calgary one and two are perfectly fine. Honestly, I, I, somebody asked in chat, like when does the Calgary gravy train have to run out? And it's a fun question because they're still playing super elite, but they're also running a bit hot, right? Like 14% shooting at five on five is fairly high. Like elite lines will finish the season at around 11 or 12% or something like that. So even a 14% run is a bit high, but if they're going to keep generating 3.7 or 3.8 expected goals per 60 minutes uh, when they're on the ice, like I don't see a reason to stop playing them, right? Like, yeah, Maybe they don't score six goals per 60 minutes for the rest of the season, but you know, this Winnipeg uh, penalty kill, it's, it's fine, but it's not super elite. Uh, the Calgary power play, generally speaking, has been excellent. Like there are different ways to score than other, just otherwise just being good at five on five. So 
Um, I really, really do like that Calgary top line. They're heavy in my mix uh, for my main stack. I honestly, uh, honestly, I think I'm going to be picking between uh, Boston top line and Calgary top line about which one uh, I'm going to be playing here. Um, I might be playing Taylor Hall. Jake, can you believe that? Uh, so that's kind of where I am uh, with this game is Calgary one, definitely Calgary two. I honestly think Calgary three is also in play in this game as well. Um, I know they're coming in a bit over own, but Milan Lucic is on that line. And I know people like to make fun of Milan Lucic, but he's not, he's a pretty good defensive player. Uh, and I think that can help stabilize Monaghan and Toffoli a little bit. So even if you just want a two man Toffoli and Monaghan, I think that's just well, fine. The thing with Lucic, I forget what player you, you said about this, I think on Saturday, when he gets into the offensive zone, he just parks himself in front of the goalie. Yeah. And like, He's hard to move. Yeah, and, so. it, it, and it frees up frees up some space for those guys to make crossing <clears throat> passes and stuff like that. So yeah, I think especially where Winnipeg three is a pretty bad line, forty three percent expected goal share in their one hundred and fifty minutes together. I think Calgary three going into them. Uh, yeah, uh, I think a two man of Monahan and Tapoli here absolutely just fine. Uh, all right, blue line, Josh Morrissey has been playing a lot of minutes of late um, and it seems like they're really, really favoring him. Uh, you know, not only with power play minutes, but just minutes in general, he's played 23, 30, 24, 50, 20, 24, 50 and 25, 50 in his last five games. Like he's playing 24 minutes a game of late. That's pretty unusual for Winnipeg defensemen. So I wonder if this lasts, but I think that's important for him because um you know, it helps, you know, drive up those peripherals and bring peripherals more in play for DraftKings. You know, I think Morrissey, I, I think he's fine as a one-off here today. He's not necessarily a big target of mine, but I think he, he's definitely playable. On the Calgary side, you mentioned Chris Tanev earlier. I do like him for 2,900. Um, anybody else stick out to you on the blue line? Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Noah Hannafin, Oliver Shillington in play. Want a power play stack and include Rasmus Anderson? I think that's fine. I'd rather play some of the other guys. I played Eric DeBranson on Saturday. Dude had seven shots on goal. Like that's just crazy. But uh, I'd probably just find the extra two hundred for Tanev over DeBranson if he could. Yeah, um, I completely agree with that. We have partnered with Yahoo Fantasy this NHL season to bring you some great offers. Check out our exclusive limited time offer, which gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. To qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo, sign up for an account via the link below, deposit and play, that's it. Yahoo will send us your name after you've played in your first paid contest, and we will reach out via email with your coupon. If you'd like to speed up the process of getting access, email support at osmo.com, and we'll get you set up right away. You can also claim a free $10 of site credit by clicking the link in the video description below, and that can be used to enter any Yahoo contest, including tonight's $2,000 
NHL baller. Make sure to use our DFS tools and projections designed spe design specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the best shot at winning big. All right. Uh, next game, Toronto, four implied goal total going into Montreal. Montreal Canadiens have a 2.4 implied goal total. All right. Uh, I want to talk about my beloved Montreal Canadiens here just real briefly. It has been five games with Martin St. Louis behind the net as the coach, and their defensive numbers actually haven't really budged. They, they're, they're pretty much about as bad defensively as they've always been all season long. Now, the offensive numbers, expected goals, have gone up from 2.0 to 2. Point, over 2.0 over the previous 20 games to 2.4 over the previous five under Martin St. Louis. Now, obviously, five games does not a season make, but it is a very good sign that the Montreal Canadiens are actually generating offense at a league average rate. Like league average is just a monster step up from where they were. So they're actually doing some, some work offensively, but they are really still giving it up in the defensive end as well. Uh, should be a fair amount of Toronto ownership here tonight, Josh. Uh, but I don't think we could necessarily turn away from a four total. What do you like here? Yeah, I think there's, if you're interested in using Leafs, I think there's, you know, two ways to go about it. Because Austin Matthews is going to be the highest owned player on the Leafs. Like, it's, it's not even going to be close. Like, he may actually be the highest owned player on the slate. I think there's going to be a one-off -on -one Matthews in people's lineups. And I think that's a mistake because... If Matthews is going to get there, someone's going to come along for the ride, whether it's going to be Marner or it's going to be someone like Nylander on the power play, Javaris on the power play, Riley on the power play. Now, power play stacking is very, very expensive. I think you would have to make a decision to leave off one of Marner or Tavares. You know, they're the, outside of Matthews, they're the two most expensive, and you, you throw in, like, uh, uh, Nylander and Riley and go about your day. I think another way to attack this game to get lower ownership is to full stack lines um, because while Matthews is going to be super high on Marner 8,400 bunting 5,100 aren't going to be as nearly as popular as Matthews. So I think if you want to get that line fully stacked, you're going to get that three around, you know, I don't know, 10% despite, you know, Matthews possibly being 30% on the slate. So I think either full stack Toronto one or Toronto two, or you do some sort of power play stack. Very expensive power play stack, but the Canadians penalty kill is awful. So I think, you know, doing some sort of power play stack is viable. On the Canadian side, I know Montreal 1 is going to be over leveraged, but, you know, like Toronto has some defensive issues. Peter Morazic in that not, doesn't inspire much confidence. I don't know. I think, you know, because they're super cheap. Like, they're, what, 10-2 on DraftKings to full stack, let you get in some, you know, of these more expensive non-Toronto stacks. I think, you know, in one to three, am I going to, you know, put in, you know, 12%, 13% Montreal one? No. But in MME, I think, you know, because one thing with since Martin St. Louis has done since he's taken over, Nick Suzuki has played big minutes. So, I think getting, you know, close to 20 minutes or even over 20 minutes for this top line, it's not a great matchup, but like 
Toronto does give it up defensively at, at times. So I think getting to some Montreal one in MME does make some sense. Yeah. I just to your point about the Montreal penalty kill, a big problem with them is that they're taking a lot of penalties of late. Like they're amongst the most penalized teams uh, in the NHL over the last six weeks. Uh, in fact, it's only the Nashville Predators that have more time shorthanded than the Montreal Canadiens uh, since Christmas. So that's kind of the problem with the Habs here is that the penalty kill isn't awful, but they just take way, way, way too many penalties. And unless you're the Carolina Hurricanes, no team can afford to do that. So that's the problem with Montreal's penalty kill here. And I think that's what kind of makes a, a Toronto power play stack interesting. Like the, like Toronto has some expensive players, particularly over on DraftKings here today. Um, you know, Mitch Marner back up to 400, which is like Leon Dreisaitl territory. Uh, you know, with the Montreal penalty kill being so bad, or at least them taking so many penalties, you can not play Marner and you can just go like Matthews, Nylander, Riley. And I think that's just perfectly fine. Um, as a stack so uh, I don't think you necessarily have to three-man stack the top line or the second line here in this game I think you can power play stack them uh, and that'll work out just fine like I know Michael Bunting's been on a little bit of a tear here but 5100 for you know 16 minutes with no power play time or whatever I'd rather just go play Andrew Mangiapane or Blake Coleman from Calgary for a cheaper price you know what I mean so um, I think Toronto power play stacking is kind of the way to attack uh, that game. So, um, you know, somebody likes the five on five matchup uh, in particular, like I will say, go right ahead and stack a five on five. If there's a lineup you like, but I just think power play stacking with the way, with how many penalties Montreal takes uh, is a good way to go here. Um, should mention that Montreal's new second line hasn't been too, too bad. The Dauphin Gallagher uh, Hoffman line. It's just that they haven't played a lot yet. Um, you know, we're only looking 30 to 40 minutes, uh, break even by shot share. We'll see how they do. They've been playing a lot versus the depth. So it's not like they're going to go out and get a lot of Austin Matthews here tonight. So I, you know, I think a one-off Mike Hoffman is fine. The guy's only three K. Um, and he's still very good on the power play. Um, he can definitely dawn here tonight. So, um, that's kind of where I am with the Montreal depth. Like if you want a one-off Gallagher, one-off Hoffman or something like that, I think that's fine. Um, I agree with you on the Montreal top line. Uh, Stacking is more of an MME thing uh, for me. I would rather honestly just go to like the Philly top line or something like that. Uh, if I was going to use, you know, uh, a less than stellar uh, premium trio uh, on the blue line. Like I said, I think I'd play Morgan Riley in power play stacks. I'm not sure if I would necessarily play him as a one-off here tonight in a four total. Um, I think you, I think you're better off playing him in some sort of stack on the Montreal side. Ben Chirot came back in their last game and he's getting uh, some secondary power play minutes. Not that it really means a lot on this team, but uh, he was like a 4k player before he got hurt. So I think 3,200 for Ben Chirot, uh is just fine. Uh, anybody else kind of stick out here? Not really. Um, I don't know. They gave Sandin a shot. He's down on the third pair again. They traded for Ilya Labushkin. Not sure that fixes anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to, play Muzzin at 4,200 in no man's land. I think that's fine. I think people are just going to like click in Jeff Petrie because he had a good game the other day from a DFS perspective, but I just don't have much interest. It's Ben Sherrod or nothing on the, on the Montreal side. Yep. Um, let's just uh, check out. I saw one question in chat. Uh, who is the best one-off 
2800 and under for you guys. I'll give you a second to look through your list. Um, I'm looking mainly at Nino Niederreiter. Um, I think he's going to be in a very good matchup going into that Flyers depth here today. Oh, speaking of which, I uh, just saw over here uh, on Twitter, Carter Hart has an eye infection, won't be starting for the Flyers. He was confirmed to start. He's not starting. It is going to be parting Marty Jones starting for the Flyers here today at home against Carolina. Uh, yeah, 2,900 and under, Brendan Gallagher and Nino Niederreiter for me. What about you? Yeah, it's, Brendan Gallagher was the one that I saw. I don't mind. I, let's see. There's got to be someone else that I can mention. Maybe a Mason Appleton going into Vancouver, Edmund Price. I mean, but, jo Josh Anderson, sticking with Montreal, he's on the top line now for 2,800. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather play Anderson than you know, need a, need a rider, but I don't know. You know, when, once you get under 3K for these one-offs, there's issues with all of them. It's kind of like the cheap golfers in DFS. Like, yeah, they're good at some stuff, but they're awful at some other stuff. Like, you just, just kind of hoping. I think, you know, Anderson with minutes is probably your best bet. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go with Josh Anderson then. I I I'll, I I just love Nino Niederreiter, so I'll just say uh, I don't mind. And it this. is party Marty in that, so. Yeah, exactly. Buckle up. Um, yeah, let's get to this final game then. Uh, we've got uh, the Seattle Kraken, 2.6 implied gold total. They're going into Vancouver. The Vancouver Canucks have a 3.3 implied gold total. Um, I said in our chat earlier that I think we have to consider uh, Seattle here today. We typically don't, but they have the same goal total as Boston. They have the same goal total as Philly, and they have a higher total than both Winnipeg and Montreal. Can't just really ignore them as much as I'd like to. Uh, what do you think about this one here, Josh? Yeah, uh, when you said that, I, I started taking a little bit of a dive on the Canucks lines, and this is what I found. Canucks won. JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser in a 93-minute sample. That's a fairly sizable sample. Um, offensively, 49% Corsi 4, so they're underwater there. 1.74 expected goals for, which is terrible. Defensively, they're giving up 32 scoring chances against, 17 high-danger chances against per 60, and a 3.5 expected goals against. That's Honestly, some of the worst numbers I've ever seen for a top line. It might be the worst defensive top line this season. Now, they're probably going to get Marcus Johansson, Alex Wenberg, Jordan Embroy, which maybe I've been excited about in 2008. But, like, in 2022, like, ah, I guess I guess you can play them. They're very cheap. They're fully correlated on the power play. On the Seattle side, like, I'm kind of interested in Donato McCann, two-man. Like Don Sploy's on that line. He hasn't he hasn't shot the puck at all this season. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but you know, Jared McCann, Brian Donato, the two guys on the Seattle Kraken who actually are shooting the puck right now. Um, you know, the Patterson, Pearson, Garland line and the third lines and the fourth lines don't have as awful defensive numbers on that top line, but they're still not great. So, you know, I want to go to the Seattle side, the the line where they're actually shooting the puck, and that's McCann Donato. Will they mix up their lines? certainly possible Seattle you know what I mean like they haven't had set lines for more than four games at a time all season so obviously it's the late game we'll have to see in warm-ups but you know okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. McCanzanato, they're shooting the puck. Interested in them. You want to go to the top line. Going against that awful Canucks top line. Sure, go for it. On the Canucks side, um, yeah, you know, Seattle has their issues in that. And defensively, so if you want to go to that top line, despite their awful numbers, go for it because they're fully correlated on the power play. And you've talked about it a lot. Like the Canucks rely on they're similar to the Rangers, where they, you know, if if they're gonna win games, it's gonna be because they scored on the power play. Now that second line with Tanner Pearson, they got there at five and five. Like any line Pearson's on kind of has stability at five on five. And you know, if you want to go to Pearson, Pedersen, Garland for that five on five, I think that's fine. But if you want to do the power play stuff, I think it's the top line. Yeah, uh, just to kind of um, expand on what you, what you said about that Vancouver power play, uh, both uh, Bo Hor- or sorry, both uh, JT Miller and Brock Besser uh, at are are at around forty percent of their production this year coming from the power play. You expect that from like a power play defenseman. So like a Tony D'Angelo or a Quinn Hughes or something like that. You don't expect it from your top line center or your top line winger. Um, unless, you know, maybe unless they're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, that's basically the only instance that happens. Uh, but, and the thing with Horvat and Miller is that it's not just this year too. Like going back to last year, Horvat and Miller just do not play well together. And, Sometimes it's just a clash of styles, right? Like guys have to, you don't have to play similarly, but you have to know how guys are going to play and you have to be able to get into the right spots uh, for the right plays, for the right players and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, hockey's a complicated game. Uh, Horvat and Miller don't seem to have it figured out just yet. If they do up go up against Donato and McCann, Donato and McCann, slow pace, uh, but they're controlling the play and those guys are shooting more than anybody else on the crack. And so... Um, you know, I look at our lineup builder um, <laughs> and Donato McCann, technically the third line, but they're projecting for four more points on DraftKings than either of the top two lines by, you know, according to our projections. So, uh, yeah, I really do like Donato McCann uh, as a two man here for Seattle. I like I think you're fine going up to like Eberly, Wenberg, Johansson. And the reason for that is the Vancouver penalty kill is pretty bad. Like. Uh, bottom three by expected goals against over the last six weeks. And that Seattle top line is perfectly correlated on top power play unit coming in with very low ownership. Uh, They're coming in by our top stacks tool coming in with about two and a half percent ownership, one and a half percent chance of a top stack. So if you're 20 maxing or something like that, uh, maybe, you know, one or two with Seattle one line, full Seattle one lineups uh, is just fine. So that's kind of where I go on the Seattle side, on the Vancouver side. I think it's power. It's either the second line or power play stacking. Um, Pedersen and Garland typically have played pretty well together this year. 
2.6 expected goals for 2.1 against per 60 minutes. So obviously they're at like 54% expected goal share, 55%, sorry. Um, You know, generating 63 shot attempts per 60 minutes. That Vancouver second line has been very good, or at least Pedersen and Garland have. And as you mentioned, Tanner Pearson uh, typically does not hurt a line. So I do like that Vancouver second line. But I think it's power play stacking that you or that you'd want to do here. So like you know, top line take out Horvat, put in Pedersen, uh, is just fine. Uh, top line plus Quinn Hughes, it's just fine. Uh, Besser Pedersen plus Hughes, something like that. I think it's power play stacking that we'd attack on the Vancouver side. Uh, as far as their depth goes, I don't think there's anything I'd play on the third fourth line uh, from Vancouver. Um, unless you're just like literally throwing darts in, in your one fifties or something like that. It's just not a spot um, that I would attack on the blue line. Mark Giordano's um, Mark Giordano's peripherals have really started to break themselves over the last little bit. He's still fairly expensive for what he does though. I don't know if I necessarily want to play him for 5,400 over on DraftKings. I definitely don't want to play Oliver Ekman Larson at 5k. Uh, what do you think about defensemen in this game? Yeah, I mean, Vinny Dunn at 3,400 secondary power play time, getting about 20 minutes a night, I think is fine. If you can tell me Hayden Fleury is going to get 16 to 18 minutes, 2,800, I'm interested. Um, Quinn Hughes for correlating on the Vancouver side, but uh, you want to punch Travis Hamannick, 3,600, it's okay. He's a little bit more pricey than I wanted. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe he would come to like 3K today, but uh, no dice on Travis Hamannick just yet. Um, just want to let's get to some uh, uh, another question in chat. It says, is it possible to go four from one team and play the opposing goalie? You and I, we haven't talked a lot about uh, stacking versus goalies. I know I don't do it. I don't stack versus goalies. I'll use a one off versus a goalie like. If Peter Mrazek, if I had Peter Mrazek playing tonight, I'd have no problem not really playing Cole Caulfield or something like that in the same lineup or Brendan Gallagher in the same lineup. I don't know if like I would play Martin Jones and then stack Carolina one or something. I, it's It can work. I don't want to say it can't work. This is still a game about math. Uh, it's just, it's not something that I do very often because it seems like you're really trying to thread the needle on that. What do you think? Yeah, you really got to throw the needle, especially on a five-game slate. I think it gets more viable the last games. Like, if you have a three-game slate and you really like your stacking, you can only fit it with the goalie going against him and you know he's going to see a ton of volume, then, yeah, go for it and maybe it works out. But, like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to stack Montembeau against Toronto, like, yeah, maybe he's going to see volume, but there's a good chance he isn't optimal because he gives up five goals. You know what I mean? It's like you need – to secure like if you're going to stack against your goal you need to secure that save bonus and have a shot to win like i just don't see like maybe maybe the canadian shock and i'm we're all just crazy but like i don't see a path to victory here with montable but like the thing is on this late goalie there aren't many cheap goalies like you're either if you want to pay down it's either montemball or martin jones you know what i mean otherwise you're going almost above 8k for everyone else so i don't know if, if you need to do it, I guess you can do it. I just worry that, you know, Montebal could go negative today. Yeah, I just – it's not – like I said, I would use a player uh, or a defenseman or something like that against my goalie. I don't know if I'd full stack. It, it can work. Obviously, it can. Um, you know, Montreal gets three – or Toronto 1 gets three perfectly correlated goals. 
uh, and Montembeau, you know, allows three on 41 shots, gets the win. Yeah, that works. But, you know, like I said, you're really threading the needle there. It's not something I do a lot. Uh, here at Osmo, we have the Osmo Hall of Fame where we like to uh, celebrate our winners. If you'd like to get in the Osmo Hall of Fame, this is how you do it. You download uh, the Osmo avatar from Osmo.com slash avatar. Uh, you place in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 contestants and you tweet those wins to the Osmo Hoff account. Uh, you'll see one of our producers, uh, Jordan Klein, uh, taking down third uh, in the NBA showdown. I think that was uh, all-star game over the weekend. So attaboy, Jordan, congrats to you. Uh, Timothy Beachler, we see him uh, in these uh, shots every once in a while. Took down third uh, in the NASCAR Minimax Daytona yesterday. Congrats to him. Uh, and we see Hockey Cards Plus uh, taking down second in the uh, Sunday NHL five hole for $2 uh, over on FanDuel. So you want to get into the Osmo Hall of Fame, download the Os Osmo avatar at osmo.com slash avatar. Place in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 contestants and then tweet those wins into the Osmo Hoff account. Uh, normally, this is the time of the show where I'd let everybody know what we have coming up later uh, on in the day, but uh, it's only NHL today, so not a lot uh, coming up. Uh, we do have some PGA um, videos being recorded for, uh, for betting, for values, for things like that. So uh, if you're into PGA, we do have some videos that should be going up on the site over the next couple of days. Uh, Josh, going to ask you for your hat trick picks and your goalies. Uh, my hat trick pick for today, I'm going to get a little bit wild with this one. I'm going with Nazem Kadri. Uh, my goalies are Darcy Kemper, uh, Jacob Markstrom, Thatcher Demko. Who you got? Yeah, I like Markstrom, Demko. I think like Freddie, I think, is fine. I think, you know, like, I just don't like spending down, but like, if I had to spend down today, I'd probably play Marty Jones over Montembeau just because, I don't know, like Carolina is a high uh, volume team, sometimes has issues scoring. I don't know. I just feel a little bit safer with Marty Jones, as crazy as that sounds. Like the, Mon the Montreal, wow. The Montreal goalies um, have been the worst in the league. So I don't know. I feel a little bit safer spending up for goalie today. My hat trick pick is going to be Tevu Teravainen. There you go, Tevu Teravainen, Nazim Kadri are your hat trick picks. Uh, we have we still have a few minutes left on the show, so uh, if there's anybody in the YouTube chat that has a question uh, that you want to get in real quick before lock, go right ahead. Um, Josh, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite kind of like fillery type stack? today like what's your favorite stack that might be coming in under like 14k or something like that on DraftKings or favorite couple stacks at least I do like the McCann Donato I mean I don't know if they're going to be together I don't know if I want to include Donskoy but there's that um let's see four, under 14 so you know Calgary 2 obviously at 13-3 is going to be my favorite one don't mind Philly 2 they're 12-5 Hold on, hold on. Uh, brand new Vancouver lines just came out before lock. Uh, Dickinson, Horvat, Besser, Pearson, Miller, Garland, Pod Colson, Pedersen, Hoglander. So Besser, Miller, and Pedersen are across three different lines. Horvat and Besser on the top line. Um, oh God, I, well, I'm gonna have to change some things up whenever we do get off the air. But I uh, just want to let everybody know those uh, those. 
see that changes things now because you know uh then what, what's Donato McCann going to get uh, for a matchup now? That's kind of the issue. You know, we were going to use Donato McCann because they're going to go into a bad line. Like Horvat Besser and Dickinson doesn't strike me as a great defensive line, but Pearson Miller and Garland could be, and I don't want Pearson Miller and Garland going up against Donato and McCann. I feel like Pierce. I feel like Pearson Miller, Donato are going to get the top line. I don't know. We'll have to see Seattle line too. They could mix it up too. So luckily this is the late game and, We'll have time to, you know, think about it, but. Yeah, exactly. Um, should mention that Oliver Ekman Larson uh, as well um, expected to play. He's at morning skate. Uh, he did leave their last game uh, a little bit late, uh, but he is skating. So it looks like he's going to play, but again, he's way too expensive over on DraftKings. All right. Uh, Brett Skinner says started a $20 to 1k challenge on Jack Jock market playing NHL and NBA have to credit the show a ton balance as of today is 1156 thanks to both of you well uh, that's awesome work by you I mean we're certainly not doing any NBA uh, but good job for you uh, Brett Skinner um, all right Josh we got to get out of here uh, lineups are about to lock good luck today uh, everybody, we will be back tomorrow with another show tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, two more live before locks. So 6 PM or 6 30 PM Eastern. Uh, it looks like, uh, so good luck out there today, everybody for uh, producer, Mike, for our single entry assassin, Josh, I'm Michael Clifford saying, we'll see you tomorrow. See you later. What's he barking at? There's a squirrel on the deck. Oh, there's a squirrel on the deck. On the deck. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.